Good afternoon. Hello. Right. Well, we are on chapter 14 of Five Go to Smuggler's Top. Well, chapter 14 is where the others just see George get locked into her room. And, um... I think her dad's coming as well, isn't he? Uh, But chapter 14 is called A Very Puzzling Thing. So here goes. Julian, Dick and the others rushed out at once, just in time to see Block shove George roughly into her room and shut the door. There was a click as he locked it. Here, what are you doing? cried Julian indignantly. Block took no notice but turned to go. Julian caught hold of his arm and yelled loudly in his ear. Unlock that door at once, do you hear? Block gave no sign whether he had heard or not. He shook off Julian's hand, but the boy put it back again at once, getting angry. Mr Lenoir gave me orders to punish that girl, said Block, looking at Julian out of his cold, narrow eyes. Well, you jolly well unlock that door commanded Julian, and he tried to snatch the key from Block. With sudden vicious strength, the man lifted his hand and struck Julian, sending him half across the landing. Then he went swiftly downstairs to the kitchen. Julian looked after him, a little scared. The brute, he said, is as strong as a horse. George, George, whatever's happened? George answered angrily from the locked room. She told the others everything and they listened in silence. Bad luck, George, said Dick. Poor old girl, just as you were feeling for the opening to the passage too. I must apologise for my stepfather, said Sooty. He has such a terrible temper. He wouldn't have punished you like this if he thought you were a girl, but he keeps thinking you're a boy. I don't care, said George. I don't care about any punishment. It's only that I'm so worried about Timmy. Well, I suppose I'll have to stay here now till I'm let out tomorrow. I shan't eat anything that Block brings me. You can tell him. I don't want to see his horrid face again. How shall I go to bed tonight, wailed Anne. All my things are in your room, George. You'll have to sleep with me, said little Mary Bell, who looked very frightened. I can lend you a nighty. Oh dear, what will George's father say when he comes? I hope he will say that George is to be free at once. Well, he won't, said George from behind the locked door. He'll just think I've been in one of my bad moods and he won't mind my being punished at all. Oh dear, I wish mother was coming too. The others were very upset about George as well as about Timmy. Things seemed to be going very wrong indeed. at tea time they went to the schoolroom to have tea wishing they could take george some of the chocolate cake set ready for them george felt very lonely when the others had gone to tea it was five o'clock she was hungry she wanted timmy she was angry and miserable and longed to escape she went to the window and looked out her room looked straight down the cliffside just as sooty's old room did Below was the city wall that ran around the town, going unevenly up and down, 
as it followed the contours of the hillside. <clears throat> Excuse me, sorry. George knew that she could not jump down to the wall. She might roll off and fall straight down to the marsh below. That would be horrible. Then she suddenly remembered the rope ladder that they had used when they got down into the pit each day. It had been at first kept in Mary Bell's room on the shelf in the cupboard, but since the children had been scared by knowing that someone had tried the handle of the door one morning, they decided to keep the ladder in George's room for safety. They were afraid that Block might go snooping around Mary Bell's room and find it. So George had smuggled it to her own room and hidden it in her suitcase, which she had locked. Now, her hands shaking a little with excitement, she unlocked her suitcase and took out the rope ladder. She might, perhaps, escape out of the window with it. She looked out again, the rope in her hands. <clears throat> the win but the windows overlooked the city wall just there. The kitchen, too, must be just below, and maybe Block would see her climbing down. That would never do. She must wait until it was twilight. When the others came back, she told them what she was going to do, speaking in a low voice through the door. I'll get down on the wall, walk along it for some way, and then jump down and creep back, she said. You get some food for me some, somehow and I'll have it. Then tonight, when everyone has gone to bed, I'll get into the city, study again sorry, and find the way through to the secret passage. Sooty can help me. Then I can get Timmy. Right, said Sooty. Wait till it's fairly dark before you go down the ladder, though. Block has gone to his room with a bad headache, but Sarah and Harriet are in the kitchen and you don't want to be seen. So, when the twilight hung like a soft purple curtain over the house, George slid down the rope ladder out of the window. She only needed to let out a quarter of it, for it was far too long for such a short distance. She fastened it to the legs of her heavy little oak bed. Then she climbed out of the window and slid quietly down the rope ladder. She passed the kitchen window, which fortunately had its blinds drawn down now. She landed squarely on the old wall. She had brought a torch with her so that she could see. She debated with herself what to do. She did not want to run any risk of coming up against either Block or Mr Lenoir. Perhaps it would be best to walk along the wall till she came to some part of the town she knew. <clears throat> Then she could jump off and make her way cautiously back up the hill, looking out for the others. So she began to walk along the broad top of the old wall. It was very rough and uneven in places, and many stones were missing. But her torch showed a steady light, and she did not miss her footing. The wall ran around some stables, then around the back of some quaint old shops, and then it ran around a big yard belonging to some house and then around the house itself. Then down it went around some more houses. George could look into these ho those houses that were not curtained. Lights shone out from them now. It was strange being able to see the wind see into the windows without being seen. A little family sat at a meal in one room, their faces cheerful and happy. 
An old man sat alone in another, reading and smoking. A woman sat listening to a radio, knitting, as George silently walked on the wall outside her window. Nobody heard her. Nobody saw her. <clears throat> then she came to another house. A big one. The wall rang close against it, for it was built where the cliff ran steeply down to the marsh, just there. There was a lit window there. George glanced in as she passed. Then she stood still in great surprise. Surely, surely that was Block in there. He had his back to her, but she could have sworn it was Block. The same head, the same ears, the same shoulders. Who was he talking to? George tried to see, and all at once she knew. He was talking to Mr Barling, whom everyone said was a smuggler. The smuggler of Castaway Hill. But wait a minute, could it be Block? Block was deaf, and this man evidently wasn't. He was listening to Mr Barling. That was plain, and answering him, though George could not hear the words, of course. I oughtn't to be snooping like this, said George to herself, but it's very strange and very puzzling and very interesting. If only the man would turn round, I'd know at once if it was Block. But he didn't turn. He just sat in his chair, his back to George. <clears throat> Mr Barling, his long face lit up by the nearby lamp, was talking animatedly, and Block, if it was Block, was listening intently and nodding his head in agreement every now and again. George felt puzzled. If only she knew for certain that it was Block. But why should he be talking to Mr Barling? And wasn't he stone deaf after all then? George jumped down from the wall into a dark little passage and made her way through the town up to Smuggler's Top. Outside the front door, hiding in the shadows, was Sooty. <clears throat> he laid his hand on George's arm, making her jump. <clears throat> Come on in, I've left the side door open. We've got a fine spread for you. The two slipped in at the side door, tiptoed past the study, across the hall and up to Julian's bedroom. Truly, there was a spread there. I went and raided the larder, said Sooty with satisfaction. Harriet was out and Sarah had run along to the post box. Block had gone to bed for a rest because he said he had such an awful headache. Oh, said George, then it couldn't have been Block I saw. And yet I'm as certain as certain can be that it was. Whatever do you mean? asked the others in surprise. George sat down on the floor and began to gobble, gobble up cakes and tarts, for she was very hungry. Between her mouthful, she told them how she had got out of the window, walked along the city wall and found herself unexpectedly by Mr Barling's house. And I looked into a lit window there and saw Block talking to Mr Barling and listening to him and answering him, she said. The others could not believe this. Did you see his face? asked Julian. 
No, said George, but I'm certain it was Block. Go and peep into his room and see if he's there, said he. He wouldn't be back yet from Mr Barling's because he has a glass full of something or other, which would take some time to drink. Go and peep. Sooty vanished. He came back quickly. He's in bed, he said. I could see the shape of his body and the dark patch of his head. Are there two blocks then? Whatever does this mean? Wow, well, ooh, it's very puzzling, definitely very puzzling, isn't it? Are there two blocks? Oh my goodness, one's bad enough. Imagine having two. Um, What do you think? I think I know the answer, but I'm not going to tell you because I'm not going to give it away if that is the answer. And I could be wrong. So, what do you think? Ooh, is it Block or isn't it? And if it is, how has he done it? <laughs> Tomorrow we might find out a little more in chapter 15. So join me then. Um, and I can't wait to see you all. <laughs> anyway, you all have a great day. Uh, take care. Stay safe. Bye for now.